There, there's a couple family, uh, church family things that I forgot to mention, um, and, and one of them has been a couple weeks coming, and I apologize, actually. Um, uh, Noah, Noah Strong, just a couple weeks ago, something significant happened in your life. What, what was that? You got married. Let's give Noah and uh, Noah and Natalie were married back east, and uh, on November, is it ninth? November ninth, we're going to be having a reception for them down in the New Life Center. Um, details forthcoming, and uh, just want to uh, congratulate you guys. And uh, I look forward to getting to know Natalie even more, and uh, um, you guys being just part of our family here. So, uh, uh, and then the other thing is, uh, it, it really, man, I think, I think I was surprised as the person who was on the other end of it. Um, I saw a, a Facebook post, uh, as I do on a daily basis, and Katrina uh, Howe was going to, uh, to Scott's Bluff to eat dinner with one of her youth group kids, you know, and, and I, I thought, you know, that's cool. And then the next Facebook post from her I see, it says, I'm going to be a wife. And I'm like, What? Yeah, pastor, well, I'm going to call you pastor because you were pastor. Pastor Stefan, our former youth pastor who just left us in May, um, flew in and I was going to be upset if he didn't show his lovely face here this morning, but uh, flew in totally secret, total surprise. Dude, that is, uh, you know, that just rocks. Um, that whole surprise thing, you know, Katrina went fully thinking she was going to have supper with a, a, a senior in high school and it turned out to be uh, her future husband. So let's, uh, let's congratulate those guys in, uh, you know, life, life is just so diverse, isn't it? I mean, um, there's death, there's life, there's new beginnings. Um, there is struggles and trials that go on and on and on. And, um, uh, it, it can get hard. It can be joyful. Um, it's, it's, it's life. And uh, I, I would shudder at the thought of doing life just by myself or just with my own family and not have friends and, and people who, you know, call up randomly and, and give you encouraging messages on the phone and who, who come with you to the hospital when something serious is, is going on and, uh, uh, you know, when you get phone calls. Uh, you know, we're in a series uh, entitled uh, Missio Dei, the, the God's mission on the planet. And, and God's mission on the planet, we've seen, is to seek and save the lost. Um, all of us are lost with, without a Savior. And, and God set off thousands of years ago on this mission following the fall of man to, to bring people to Himself. And, and two weeks ago, we saw that um, one of the ways in which God did that was through the nation of Israel. He chose the nation of Israel to be His nation, um, but not just so that He could have a nation, but so He could use them as uh, a nation to bless all other nations, it says in the Old Testament. That, that they, were to carry, uh, they were to carry the banner of God to all of the other nations and be a testimony to them so that they could come to Christ. And then, and then we saw how... Um, God sent a special agent, and that special agent was Jesus Christ Himself. And how He came and He did only what He could do. Um, and, and we saw that a couple of weeks ago. How, or well, it was, yeah, two weeks ago. And, and how Jesus lived the perfect life. God incarnate uh, in human flesh, giving up his, his position in heaven and coming down and, and being the perfect man. And then 
um, surrendering himself to a cross to be crucified and then rising again three days later um, so that we could, in, upon our faith and belief in him as our Savior, as our Messiah, as God, could have eternal life. So that we could be reconciled with God. And then we saw the fact that, that each and every one of us are God's present agents in the world today. We, we are, uh, he has put his hand on each and every one of us as his special agents, as Christ followers. If you have professed Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are an agent of God in this world today. And then last week we saw how um, sometimes we can have a, a fearful idea of what it means to be an evangelist or, or to, um, to, to do evangelism, but we saw how we have, every one of us, even though we may not have the gift of evangelism, um, and not everybody does because it's a gift and God um, gives that as he sees fit, but that we are all called to do the work of, evan- of, of an evangelist. And how that isn't, doesn't have to be a scary thing. It doesn't have to be something where, where we think we have to have all the facts straight and we have to know, um, you know the Bible front and back in order to participate in that. God wants to use each and every one of us with the, the gifts and the individual talents and skills He has given each one of us in someone else's life to bring them through the process of Him drawing that person to Himself. And we looked at, at, this, uh, we looked at this chart right here. And we saw how, how the A up here represents somebody that has no, no contact with God at all. And how Z is, is someone, this is conversion. This is someone who has put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And how each one of us, as evangelists, as bringers of good news, as bringers of good tidings, may interact with this person by the name of Joe, we called him last week, someplace along in his spiritual journey. And how that one contact with us in one particular situation May, may, may be um, an opportunity that God is using to move Joe from unbelief to faith in Christ. And that, and that evangelism is not a one-time event. It's not a, a conversation where we hope to get the person from A to Z in one conversation. Now that can happen. It does happen. But, but that's the exception, I would say, and not the rule. It, it's, it's we all use our gifts. God uses us in the process of drawing this person to them and and I might have interaction with them at at here where they're at this point in their um, um, searching for Christ and and with that that conversation or that um, servanthood that I did for them may move them to J and then somebody else has a different conversation or an interaction with them and and they move to P or uh, then to U and it's somebody else and and how God puts all of those things together to draw a person to him I was talking to somebody last night on the phone and uh about a year ago, this person called me and said, Dave, um, I have this friend and he's having a lot of trouble in his marriage. And um, do, you, do you have that book? Do you have that book, um, um, Love Dare? Do you have that Love Dare book? And could you meet us in half an hour at McDonald's? Because he, cause he wants to talk. I want to talk with him. And I'm like, dude, I'm in Denver. Um, you're going to have, you go. You go and share with him. And, and he did. And, and this young man starts started in with the love dare. And then a month or two went by and, uh, and, and this guy, um, I don't know the time period, but um, he, he separates from his wife and he moves to Texas. And um, this person who's telling me this story last night, you know, he's thinking, well, you know, all is lost there. And, and again, I'm, I'm probably mixing days and, and weeks, but a few days ago, um, he saw this guy again. And here in Torrington, or he called him or something to that effect, and, and he said, um, 
you know, how's it going, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the guy's like, I'm going to be coming up to Torrington to get my family. And he's like, well, what do you mean coming up to get your family? He's like, I'm coming to get my family. We're, we're getting back together. We're going we're gonna to continue to work through this. And, and I just think, praise God. And, I, and I, 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 this thing came to our minds as we're, we're thinking about this. He, he had an opportunity and God used him to speak truth and, and good news into his life. And it's continually drawing him closer and closer to the Lord and, and has brought his family back together. And every one of us can have an opportunity each day in someone's life to, to speak truth to them in whatever gift that you have, in whatever relationship that is. And, and it's been amazing to me, um, you know, this week that, that car crash happened on Wednesday night and, and on Thursday morning when I'm in the office, I'm thinking, okay, Lord, what does the message look like this Sunday? Um, does this message need to be about that? Or do I just go on ahead with the message that, that I'm preparing um, for Sunday? And, and as I prayed about that and as I thought about that, it was amazing to me how those two messages kind of became the same thing. Um, and, and so uh, we're talking this morning about, about serving like Jesus served. And there are people surrounding this situation who are serving these families like Jesus served. And, and it's a challenge to us to be aware of the people in our lives who we can serve as well. And, um, but before I go on, um, I, I want to point us to, to an event, uh, an account in the New Testament um, where Jesus encountered Mary and Martha and his very, very, very good friend Lazarus. And we know that Jesus uh, and Lazarus were very good friends because of Jesus' reaction and response in this situation. Um, you see, Jesus was out of town. He was in a different place. And while he was there, um, he, he got, Lazarus got sick. And, and, and uh, either Martha or Mary had called for Jesus to come. And, and for whatever reason, Jesus didn't. He, he remained where he was. And while he was there, Lazarus died. And they buried him. And he was in the, in the grave for days. And, and Jesus finally comes. Uh, tragedy struck this community. There are, people, there are people weeping and mourning over the loss of this friend of theirs by the name of Lazarus. And, and it brought to mind this passage in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. It's going to be up on the screen for you. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. You see, every temptation that we face Jesus has experienced it. He's not one who just says, oh yeah, I know. No, He knows. He's experienced it. And then as we look at this passage today, John chapter 11, beginning in verse 33, again, this one will be up on the screen. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, He was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid Him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And then it says, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. These are not alligator tears. These are tears from the heart that Jesus is feeling here. And He sees the trouble. And He sees the emotions that are there. And He feels them too. And what I want you to hear this morning, this caused Him to weep. What I want you to hear this morning is, is that you serve a Savior. You love a Savior. You serve a God who really knows what you're feeling. He knows. And it's not some intellectual, you know, kingly type 
you know, I'm better than everybody else and I just know about these things, kind of know. No, He knows. He's experienced that. He was on your level. He was a man deeply moved. And you know what it's like when, when you're with someone or someone is with you and, and, they're, and they've experienced what you've experienced and you're right in the middle of it, but they experienced it maybe years ago and, and have worked through that and now they're walking this road with you and they're encouraging you and they're helping you and they're saying words of you know hope you know, I think we've all been there probably at some point in time in our life. And, and how, does that, how does that make you feel? It, it helps. It's an encouragement. It's good to know that you have a friend that's there for you. Jesus is that friend times ten. Because He, uh, even though I may have experienced something similar to you, I don't know exactly what you're feeling. Jesus does. Exactly. And, and we, can, we can call out to Him. He knows our suffering and our pain. He knows it. Um, Jesus reminded Martha um, in, in John chapter 11, verses 24 through 27, Martha answered, <clears throat> I know He will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Martha says, I know He believed in you. I know that He knew that you were the Savior. I know that He's going to be in heaven and that I'm going to see Him one day. And Jesus said to her, I, Jesus, am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in Me will live even though He dies. And whoever lives and believes in Me will never die. Do you believe this? And Martha's response is, Yes, Lord. I believe that You are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. And in times of prayer, we can verbally lay down the pain and the agony and the hurt that we feel and we can know that Jesus hears us and that He loves us and that He's standing right there with us. He will give us the strength. He will give you the strength. He will lend a peace and a comfort that you can't understand. You know, I've already heard stories of the strength that people have received in this situation. Whole families who have gone over to minister to Casey and his kids. And, and, and how they... Uh, one mom related this to me last night and she's like, we just, you just need to pray for us. And she said, I'm amazed at, at my own children ages like 8 and, and 12 and, and how they, they were ministering to Kennedy and, and the other two children uh, for the whole day on Thursday and how later they were talking about it and, and, and how they, the, the children themselves recognized that they, that they were agents of God. They... They verbalized it, and, and she's just going, my children, no. That God has them in this place at this time, and it, 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 just, it just amazes me. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your experience. It doesn't matter where you are now. God can use you in the life of someone else. And He's using this family and others in incredible ways. So remember, in times of prayer, it's, it's, it, He hears. Jesus knows. He was deeply moved in spirit and troubled and He wept. It's not just an intellectual knowledge. Uh, I think He weeps with you. Jesus weeps with you in the hurt that you experience. And, and He knows our suffering and pain and He knows that we need a Savior. 
I mean, Jesus was God's special agent. That's why he came. Because only he could do it. Physical death outside of a relationship with Jesus is not good. The Bible says that we are condemned to hell for eternity if we pass from this life to the next. And we have not professed Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, as our Messiah. And I can tell you that that Jennifer knew Jesus Christ. She had professed Him as her Lord and Savior. She knew Him. And she today is not experiencing death, but eternal life. You know, there's people in our world that haven't heard that yet. Or maybe they've heard it and they've turned their nose up at it. You know, maybe they're Maybe they're right here. They've heard it. They've turned their nose up to it. To it. And, and maybe the person that tried to talk to them here may not have another opportunity to talk to them. But, but somewhere in their life, someone else is going to have an opportunity. And as we talk about this piece of service today and, and how serving other people, what's the point? That's the point. It's, it's to point them to Jesus Christ, the only hope of the world, our Savior. Jesus knows that we need a Savior. And, and he, he says right there in John chapter 11, I am the resurrection and the life. I am it. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Jesus is walking with you. May it be true for you today in the hearing of these words, whether it's here in this room or online, that if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, may today be the day that you surrender it to Him. Because we are unable to save ourselves. See, Jesus is that Savior. Martha, Martha proclaimed it and believed. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. And those are not just words from her mouth, but those, those, I believe, are from her very heart and her very being. She has given it all up to Jesus. And in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, Paul says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved, for it is, your, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So as you sit here this morning and you're thinking, oh, Pastor Dave, I'm not really sure if I would be in heaven tomorrow. Right there tells you, if, if you believe and you know that Jesus is who He claimed that He was, that He's God and He's alive today and that He died in your place, put your faith and trust in Him as Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, and be saved. And as you are saved, for those who are believers here this morning and you experience pain and agony and suffering and you just don't know what to do, turn to Him. You know, just like you would turn to a parent or a friend who you know could give you sound advice and wisdom and could empathize with you, your Lord and Savior can. 
more and greater than any one of us in this room could. I also had somebody mention to me yesterday that uh, when they heard the news of this crash that kind of, you know, metaphorically they were transported back to when they were eight years old and they were standing in the middle of the street down here on Main Street of Lingle and they were looking at the wreck that was the car that his twin brothers were in that was hit by the train and they were killed and all of those emotions and all of those things came flooding back in and were just right here. And I know that most of us in here have experienced something tragic. And, and maybe all of those emotions are fresh and they're sitting right there. Once again, I want to encourage you to, to lay that down at the feet of Jesus. Um, as in this story, as we see Martha... Um, as we see these ladies sitting at the feet of Jesus and Him ministering to them, sit at the feet of Jesus. Let Him minister to you. Because He will. He will. Another thing this person uh, who remembered when he was eight mentioned to me was the fact that, that, it's, that it's the things of life that form us and, and make us who we are today. And as I think about, you know, a, a new engagement and a new marriage and, um, uh, you know, we have little ones in here who are less than a year old and new births and, and how those things form us and, and make us who we are as we surrender all of those things in life to Jesus as we live life. These things here are the same. They form part of that part of us as well. And, and that, that oftentimes as we are at one of those one of those tragic crossroads, there is a why there. And, and, and we, uh, some people choose to, to surrender and, and grieve and, and lay that down to Jesus. And they, ask, they, they probably ask the question why, but when there's no answer, they, they don't lose faith. They don't, they, don't, um, they don't think that Jesus has left them high and dry, but, but they surrender themselves under His wing um, as they go forward. One of the ladies in that 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 crash said, uh, you know, I will, I will never know why, but right now the question that I need to ask is what now? What next? What next, Lord? Uh, the other side of that is a side of anger and bitterness. And, and that leads to a, a complete opposite and not a very good place. And, and that, makes, that then makes us someone who is angry and, and, and angry people are angry at other people and, and we hold on to the hurt and we don't let it go and we don't let Jesus heal us from that and hurt people hurt other people. And, 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 and that begins to become who we are in our experience. And, and, and right here this morning as, as we continue in life um, through the good and the bad and the sad, let's surrender it all to Jesus who is a loving Father who knows, absolutely knows what you're feeling right now at this very moment and knows how He can encourage you. Let me just pray for us right now before we continue in the message. Lord, um, I want to thank You for, for Your faithfulness. Lord, I, I thank You for just how You have taught me in, in big losses in my own life and Lord, I, 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 uh, I just want to pray for this situation again. Lord, I know there are thousands of people praying for this one thing.
And Lord, I know there are a dozen other things right here, represented right here this morning, who, who maybe not, nobody's praying for, or nobody knows about. And Lord, I want to lift that up to you. I pray that whoever that might be would reach out to somebody else and ask them to walk the road with them. Lord, I pray that you would heal. Pray that you would heal the broken hearts and just the brokenness that's represented here and in these these other families who we don't even know. And Lord, I pray that we would that we would see that that you have placed us here on this planet as your agents, as we serve, as you served us, so that people will see how much you love them and will surrender their own lives to you and experience life. Now, Lord, teach us through these remaining uh, passages and these remaining points here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, as amazing as it seems, and we hear it often, but the second point of the message this morning is that Jesus came to serve and not to be served. He said those very words himself. And it's just amazing to me because when we think of people who are in high places who are very powerful, they're sort of in a self-serving mode. You know, all of the peons that are below them are there to serve them and to do their bidding and to do their will. Jesus didn't have that attitude when He came. Turn to Mark chapter 10 with me, if you would, please. Uh, Mark chapter 10. It's the second, second gospel. It's the second book of the New Testament. Matthew, Mark. Mark chapter 10. And, and this is an interesting account. We have a couple disciples that are having a conversation with Jesus and they ask Him something that's just amazing that they asked Him this. They said, Jesus, when, when we're all in heaven, could we sit at Your right hand and Your left hand, us two disciples? Forget about the other ten, um, but we want to sit at Your right hand and Your left hand. And, and Jesus, in His patience and in His grace and in His mercy, um, told them, you know what, guys, you, you don't even know what you're asking. And, and, and he explained some things to them, and then the other disciples found out that, that they had asked this, and they were just horrified or indignant or jealous because they didn't think of it first, or I don't know what their, what their reasons were. But, but they started to argue and bicker with each other, and Jesus says, hey guys, hey, 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 you know, come on, come on over here. And I can imagine Jesus sitting down and, and asking the disciples to sit at his feet, and he says, um, he says right here, verse 42, Jesus called them together. And he said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. He's like, guys, you know what? Um, you know what it's like to be subservient to, to another ruling party. And it's not very fun. Um, it's, it's, it's not good. And he says, not so with you. They're like that, but not you guys. Instead, he says, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. So, in order to be great, we must serve. You know, all of us want to be significant. We, we, all, we all want our lives to... to we, we want to come to the end of our life and look back and, and see that there was some kind of significance to our life. And Jesus says that if you want to be great... Serve other people. I want to be great. 
I mean, not in a powerful, Jesus, I want to sit at your right hand type of great, but I want to do what he says here. I mean, think about it. When, when, when you go to a business, when you go to a restaurant, and, and, and there's this waiter or waitresses, waitress who just bends over backwards for you. I mean, they're serving you. And, and for me, it would be, for me, it would, they never let my soda glass run dry. I mean, there's about this much in it, and before I can empty it, there's another full one sitting right there. I mean, I'm all about that. And if I go back to that restaurant, I want that waiter or that waitress. Because I've been to restaurants where it's all I could do to get the first one, right? Do you go back there? Do you have a good experience? Do you feel good when you leave there? No. Jesus says, as we, are, as we are evangelists and we're proclaiming the good news, I want them to have good experiences with you. And one of the ways in which they're going to do that is not if you're self-righteous and you're lording it over them, but if you're serving them. If you're serving them. I mean, when, some, when you have a friend who bends over backwards for you, you're, the stock, your stock in that friendship with them goes up, doesn't it? Um, your, your willingness to serve them on another day goes up, doesn't it? Jesus came to serve, not to be served. You know, not to be arrogant or proud, but a humble person. A person that is, that is you know, maybe quiet in a few words, but, but they serve. I hope that can be true for somebody who's loud and likes to talk, because I like to serve people too, and that's me. But the Son of God and the Son of Man was Himself the price that was paid to set us free. And at the center of all Christian service, of any servanthood, of anything we do for anyone else, is that very fact that Jesus Christ, the risen Lord, was crucified and He died to liberate us into service. Think about that. We think of service as something that we have to do or something that we're kind of tied to, but, but Jesus died to free us so that we could serve. I like looking at it that way. In order to be great, we must serve. And then Jesus is our example of this over and over and over and over again in Scripture. We see it. He lived his, He didn't just talk the talk. He walked the walk. Um, even in the rightful position of God, Jesus says that He came to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. Because when we have... When we experience bad service, I mean, I've talked to people and they're like, I am never going back to that hospital again. Right? I mean, I've, and, and it doesn't matter what hospital, there's always a negative opinion about that particular hospital. Because the next day I can talk to someone who says, man, um, they just bent over backwards for me at that hospital. And it's the same one. So, you know, it's either good doc and bad doc or good nurse and bad nurse. I mean, really. I mean, what, what was the service that they got while they were there. There was a doctor who, who was meeting with his patient and he said, you know what, you're, you're over a month late on this appointment. Um, what's the deal? Don't you know that nervous disorders require prompt and regular attention? Why, haven't, why are you a month late? And the patient said, well, I was just following your orders, doc. And the doctor's like, following my orders? What are, what are you talking about? I, I gave you no such order. The patient said, well, you told me to avoid people who irritate me. <laughs> you know, um, that's what happens. That's what happens. 
And, and remember, in all of this, in, in, in Jesus serving us, in us serving Jesus, it's this process right here. It's this process right here. Um, loving God and loving people and, and, and growing as followers of Christ and inviting others to the adventure. That's the mission. That's the mission. Um, in John 13, uh, verses 6 through 17, we, we see this, this um, example that Jesus gave us. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. Peter, I'm doing this. Just bear with me. And Peter's like, No! My feet are filthy, Jesus! You're the Messiah. You're not washing my feet. Um, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Okay, He's saying, Alright, Peter, what I'm going to do is an example for you. You're going to see that in your real life spiritually one day. Okay? And then Peter takes his sandal off and sticks it in his mouth. He says, then, then Lord, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus says, a person, and, and I think maybe he might have been chuckling here. I don't know, because just the idea. A person who has had a bath needs only to wash their feet. His whole body is clean and you are clean, though not every one of you. And again, as, as Peter thinks about this experience back, he's thinking, well, okay, I, I understand that. Judas was the one that he was talking about there. However, Jesus washed every disciple's feet, including Judas. It says, for he knew he was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes, which tells us that Jesus disrobed and put a towel probably around his waist, to wash, to get down on his hands and knees and to wash the feet of his disciples. This is God, the creator of the universe, at their feet. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Okay? Okay? This is the Messiah. And he was washing dirty, ugly, smelly feet. I bet after he washed Peter's, if Peter's were the first feet, his, he either had to exchange the water or it was already brown. What a, have, you ever, have you ever had someone wash your feet? I mean, in, in our culture today, that really isn't that bad because we don't have as... Well, some of us, most of us probably don't have as dirty, gross, disgusting feet as they did back then, wearing sandals and walking in dusty roads and all of that. But, but it is, uh, it's happened to me a couple times, and it, there's nothing more humbling than have another person washing your feet with their bare hands, even if you put clean socks on that morning. It's, it's, it's humbling. And, and the thought of, the God of the universe is at their feet serving them. Why? Why was He doing this? So that they could see why He came. He came to serve them. He came to save them. He came to save us. Jesus didn't just write down wise things and commands. He didn't just preach and teach sermons that He wasn't living and doing Himself. 
Jesus not only knows the pain and suffering in our lives, He not only knows that we need a Savior, He came to be that Savior. And He was that Savior. And then, what does He say? Go and do likewise. He continues there in verse 14, Now that I, your Lord and Teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. You will be blessed. You will be happy. You will live a a joyful life if you will serve others as I have served you. It's not enough to simply know what we are to do. (laughs) We're to do it. Point number three, and I'm not going to do point number three, but I'm going to tell you the answer so you can fill them in, is follow Jesus' example and serve. You know, in Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, Paul outlines um, verse by verse, really, how we're to serve. And, and, and if you pick up and watch the second look video this week, Pastor Ty is going to go through this verse by verse. And... Um, Challenges with some specific things as far as how we can serve. And, and uh, you know, the points under that one are be like-minded, consider others better than ourselves, and check our attitudes. Roy, you can put all three of those up. And, you know, verse 5, he says, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. He sets the bar high, yes. But as we look at the example that Jesus set for us, he says, go and do Likewise. And Jesus served. He served. He served so that we would see that He came to save us. And we serve others and we serve others and we serve others. For what reason? Because Jesus said so, number one. But so that we can be a willing and available instrument in the hand of Christ in the life of someone else who He's drawing unto Himself. And there are, there are multiple ways that, that we can um, practically live this out in our own lives. Uh, you know, there are, there are ways that we can serve one another within the church itself, within the body of Christ. Um, you know, with, within the things like Awana needs some help serving the children. And why? Why would we, why would we do Awana? So that those kids can see the truth of the gospel, um, the words of Jesus, they can learn those and they could come to Jesus Christ as their Savior. Um, we, we, we serve in Kids Zone as well, and, and, and there's many ways that we can serve within the church. You, you, just, you just have to be willing and available. I mean, you, all you've got to do is ask, and we can find a place for you that will fit your gifts and, and, and your, your talents and your skills. Um, we also believe it here at North Hills that, that a great way to serve others is on a, sh- a short-term mission trip of some kind. And the high school generally does one uh, in the summer. Adults go on short-term mission trips. If you've been on an adult short-term mission trip through the church, raise your hand. Okay? Yeah. Was it worth it? Did God change you? Did God change the people that you served? Absolutely. Um, next summer, there's going to be some opportunities to serve. There's, there's always opportunities to serve. But I just want to give, uh, give some, some, uh, some time to Haven on the Rock, our, our camp up here on the hill. I mean, I don't care what gift you have. You can find a place to serve there. 
if it's construction, oh, there, there'll be a weekend or, a, or a, a day thing where you can use those skills and you can serve the camp. What's the point? So we can have better looking buildings? No. So those buildings can be safe places and great places for kids to come and what? Hear the good news of the gospel and that they would be saved. What's the point? And as we serve others who are experiencing difficult times in their life, it's, it's so that, in a sense, we can be Jesus with skin on for that person in that situation. Because He has placed us there at that time for that reason. Um, let's continue to pray for one another. Let's continue to serve one another. And let's continue to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ because we are on a mission from God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. God, thank you that you have entrusted with us parts of your mission here to be your ambassadors, to, to be evangelists for you and bringers of good news. And Lord, I pray that you would help equip us to do that and, and, and help us to, to realize that, that it's not knowing all the right answers, but it's being uh, in the place you want us in and, uh, and helping someone see that you love them. Lord, I continue to pray for these families and for, for hearts here. I, I can see them. I can see it on their faces, the, just the sense of loss and, and pain, even, even not having been you know, directly affected by that in their own family. They still have their husband and their wife and their children, but, but just the, the brokenness that's there. Lord, I pray that you would uh, help us to... Lord, help us to, to be... Uh, to not take our families for granted. Um, help us to, um, uh, Lord, help us to, to love these other families who are experiencing, the, experiencing this loss. Lord, I want to pray for Pastor Scott Matheson in the service that he and his staff have on, on Tuesday. Lord, I pray that you would give him a, a supernatural wisdom of the words to say. But that would be a an incredibly ministering time, not just to the families um, who are directly affected, but by all those who are there. May your name be glorified. And now, Lord, we want to lift your name up and proclaim it in this last song of this day. In Jesus' name, amen. As we close the service, the ushers are going to come forward and pass our offering plate. And if you're our guest here, please let the plate pass by. This is a time for those who call North Hills home to support us.